the Politification Podcast. And welcome to the Politification Podcast. My name is Rob and I'll be your host. Is anybody else just fucking tired of this election? I feel like this election's been going on for a decade now. These candidates have been running for at least a year and a half. And in Clinton's case, we've known she's going to be running for eight years now. And, you know, I'm just so sick of it. I can't wait for these three weeks or four weeks to be over with so we can just get out the vote and just and just get it over with and move on to the next the next topic. So this week we had the second presidential debate and it was a fucking disaster. And the build up to this debate was just riddled with one scandal after another. Uh coincidentally from the Donald Trump camp. He started scandals about Muslims, about Mexicans, women. I mean, are there really any other groups left for him to to offend at this point? I don't think he's going to be going after white single straight men anytime soon, but he's really gone out of his way to offend almost every minority group in the United States. It's just gotten so exhausting. I'm just I'm just so tired of hearing him speak. I'm tired of hearing anybody try to defend him. It's just if you're voting for Donald Trump, then there's literally nobody that the Republican Party can nominate that you're not going to vote for. <sighs> so I don't know if you guys heard about this, but about 90 minutes before the debate started, Donald Trump, he, he gets out this spectacle, this this ridiculous news conference that he brings up four women who have accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault in the past. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It, He's he plays it off like he's doing it for for women's rights and he these women really need to get their stories out but he does it fucking 90 minutes before the debate starts. It's just it's so obvious that he's doing it just to try to shift the narrative, trying it's it's obviously political theater. He's trying to shift the discussion away from himself and his like creepy ass video that came out. And so he, he not only keeps does he not only does this like news conference with these women he brings them in and sits them down in the fucking audience of the debate, you know, right before it starts, just trying to, I don't know, get in Hillary's head probably or something. These women, they have to know that they're being used as pawns in like Donald Trump's scheme. I feel like if anybody just looked at this rationally, they would realize what's going on. I mean, Friday Friday afternoon, a video drops of him talking about grabbing women by the pussy and sexually assaulting women because he's rich and he can do it and then all of a sudden he's a champion for women's rights two days later 90 minutes before a debate this is i anybody with half a brain can see what's going on here maybe these women are just desperate to to feel heard maybe they feel like they're forgotten about i don't know i don't want to pretend to know what's going on with the in their heads or why they would do it but he brings them in sits them down and I will I will give him this to his credit. CNN and all the major news, the news organizations, they were talking about this before the debate instead of the video. And so I think that his plan succeeded. I feel like he was just trying to create a distraction and it worked. It seemed like Donald Trump really tried to focus on going for the millennials and the young group during this debate. He seemed to mention Bernie Sanders quite a bit. And I think what he was thinking was that a lot of millennials, they hadn't heard these stories with with Bill Clinton. They don't know who these women are that have accused him. And so this this spectacle he did where he brought these women up, it's going to create interest in their stories. People are going to search about it. And 
you know, guilty by association. He's trying to make Hillary seem guilty based on the actions of Bill Clinton. So when the debate actually starts, uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump walk out and, ooh, they don't shake hands. You know, they look at each other and then they turn to face the crowd. And this is a big deal. But the first question obviously was going to be about the Trump comments that were recently found out on Friday. Anderson Cooper asked the question, are you both modeling positive and appropriate behaviors for today's youth? Uh, Donald Trump, you described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You brag that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? And so Trump, he could go about this two different ways. He could go back on the attack. He could be. He could say, yes, I did that, but this is worse. Or he could, he could take it. He can apologize and he can try to distance himself from that and say, you know, that was a long time ago. I'm a changed man. I apologize and you would never hear anything like that from me ever again. I was younger. It was locker room banter, whatever, whatever he's going to say. He can distance himself from the comments. But Donald Trump, he decided to go a third route, which is attack Anderson for not understanding the comment. Uh, talk about how it happened over 10 years ago and ISIS. He brings up ISIS. I don't know what that has to do with it, but he brought up ISIS. So the thing that I thought that was un- that was a little irritating was he said this was locker-, locker room banter that happened over 10 years ago. But look what Clinton did 20 years ago. I mean, that just it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even listen to his own logic when he tries to make an argument. And I don't think it was very smart to change subjects and bring up ISIS right when you're trying to explain a sexual assault video that came out about you. I don't, I don't know what his, his strategy is there. I think ISIS is basically Donald Trump's safe word for when he gets too deep into getting spanked by politics at this point. So Donald Trump was further pressed by the audience on his uh, on his actions or his claimed actions in the video. And, and so Donald Trump decided to go on the attack. He said, look, Bill Clinton, what he did was far worse. My, mine are just words, but his were actual actions. Uh, we've never seen anybody in the history of politics that was, has been so abusive to women as, as Bill Clinton has been. Uh, Bill Clinton is, is abusive, and, and Hillary Clinton attacked those women, and she's a, an apologist for Bill Clinton. Donald Trump took it further and talked about how President Clinton was impeached, how he lost his ability to practice law, how he had to pay an $850,000 fine to one of the women. And then he finishes up by saying Hillary Clinton should be ashamed of herself. I mean, okay, your husband did all these things. You should be ashamed of yourself for what your husband did. It's just such an obvious ploy to try to link Bill and Hillary as one candidate. Sometimes I feel like Bill Clinton is running for president when we listen to Donald Trump speak. And so I'm thinking about this. If somebody were to attack my spouse the way that Donald Trump just attacked Hillary and Bill, I would probably be defensive. I would show fire. I would say, look, these, this is ridiculous. America, look at what we've devolved into. But H- Hillary's response was, well, let me just say that Donald Trump, that what he said isn't right. He can choose to run his campaign however he wants, but but I choose to run a different kind of, of campaign where we, we talk about the issues. And, you know, when it's written down on paper, it looks like a good response. But when she says it, it's just so bland. It's just so blah. It just, it looks like she doesn't care. And she needs to show some fire. Defend your family. Defend your husband. Defend yourself against these accusations. These aren't just willy-nilly accusations. He's accusing your husband of rape and, and of sexually assaulting women and saying that you protected him. Like, this isn't just something you just let go. I felt that 
she appeared pretty weak during that time. Donald Trump decided to employ this new strategy. In my opinion, uh, all the Republican strategists are starting to leave him. So what he's he's doing is he's free he's freelancing. He's he's winging it. He's basically doing what he feels comfortable doing, and what he feels comfortable doing is attacking. And so right now, he talked about how he's going to instruct his attorney general to to prosecute Hillary Clinton and. You know, he, maybe he doesn't understand how the Justice Department works and that it's not up to the president to, to prosecute somebody. But Hillary Clinton came back with uh, the line, it's awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. And Donald Trump hits her with, because you would be in jail. And, you know, zing, you know, that was, you know, that was probably his best line of the night. It's the one getting all of the press. It's I'm getting I'm seeing that one, you know, retweeted. I'm seeing it on my Facebook feed. That's the one that's really sticking and I feel that was one of his highlights. The only reason I'm mentioning this highlight is because it's one of the few uh, times that Donald Trump appeared in a positive light. So the next question was for Hillary. It had to do with their emails. Talked about how director James Comey called her handling of classified information, quote unquote, extremely careless. And Clinton responds that, you know, she, I take classified information very seriously. I apologize for, for the email server. It was a mistake. I make no excuses. And Donald Trump came back with, you didn't even know the letter C meant classified. Uh, he, you deleted 33,000 personal emails, quote unquote. And again, Hillary really had no answer to this. She, she appears a week whenever she talks about her email server. There's really no defense for it. And again, this is just another topic that Hillary is particularly weak in that she can't seem to dig herself out of. Of course, uh, we have to talk about health care because that's another big topic in America. The next topic had to do with health care reform. Clinton, her response was, you know, the ACA isn't perfect, but we should keep the good parts and, and throw out the bad parts. And we definitely don't want to just repeal it, blanket repeal it, because we're going to start over at square one. And so Trump, his response was just to call the ACA a disaster. That's his favorite line. Everything's a disaster. He, his only real new policy thing that he's going to bring up is to eliminate state lines. And so states can compete with each other. That seems to be his only talking point about the ACA. We're going to repeal it and we're going to replace it with something better. And we're going to eliminate state lines. But I don't know. It's just... It's buzzwordy. Yeah, you know, repeal Obamacare. The Republicans have been trying to do that for eight years now, it seems like. Every single month, they're, they're voting to repeal Obamacare. It's the law at this point, and you can't just blanket repeal it and not have something else in place. And if people think that that's a good response, it just shows how dumb a lot of America is, to be honest. The next question, they had to do with uh, Islamophobia in America. Uh, a Muslim American came up there and talked about how Islamophobia is on the rise and she wanted to know how the president was going to deal with people being treated as terrorists just simply for being Muslim. So Trump, his response was, you're right, there is Islamophobia. I have no idea what would be causing that. But radical Islamic terrorism is the cause. And so he doesn't seem to understand what he's doing. He's partly the cause of this Islamophobia we're seeing. 
he his only thing his only thing that he brought up was we have to be sure Muslims come in and report whenever they see something going on, and so it's just it's breeding this this environment of distrust. Americans aren't going to trust Muslims if they feel like the Muslims need to report anytime they see something bad. Like they're the only ones that are in a position to be to see that and report it. Clinton, on the other hand, she she attempted to make Muslims feel like Americans more. She kind of she name dropped Captain Khan, who was that Muslim American soldier who was killed in Iraq. She mentioned Muhammad Ali, who passed away, who was a famous Muslim. She tried to really make the distinction: we're not at war with Islam, we're at war with the jihadists who want to destroy America. Trump kept bringing up: they won't even say the name, they won't even say radical Islamic terrorism. How are we supposed to fight it if we can't even name it? And what does that have to do with anything? You know, it doesn't matter what you call it. We have to work with Muslim nations, so we can't just say, you know, radical Islamic terrorists. Like, we need to not alienate Muslims. We need to help them feel connected to us. We have to work with Muslim nations to fight this terrorism. The next topic had to do with Hillary's paid speeches that she gave in private that were recently released by WikiLeaks. She made a statement in there where she said something along the lines of, you have to have a public position versus a private position sometimes, where even though you feel one way uh, privately, you have to on the outwardly, you have to outwardly show something different. And I actually thought that her response was was pretty good to this uh, issue that was brought up. She talked about Abraham Lincoln, uh, she talked about how when he was trying to get the 13th Amendment passed, he had to say different things to different groups of people to get them on his side. And I thought that was actually a pretty strong response. Donald Trump, on the other hand, uh, called Hillary a liar and said, she's no honest Abe. You know, there's a difference between you and Abraham Lincoln. He was actually honest, which again, zinger, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, after immediately afterwards, he starts talking about how Russia may may not have hacked the DNC. We don't know who hacked the DNC, and uh, oh yeah, his taxes. Uh, he he mentioned his taxes. I have no idea how the fuck he got from calling Hillary Clinton a liar down to his taxes, but he seems to get lost in his own rants sometimes. Like he'll just start ranting, and then he'll kind of get lost and forget what he was talking about. So when he does that, he just kind of goes back to his, I don't know, his buzzwords, what he knows. Uh, I don't know. I kind of, I compare him to a best man who's drunk at a wedding and forgot to prepare a speech. So he just kind of goes up there and he starts talking and he digs himself deeper and doesn't know where he is and he just gets lost. So the next question came from the audience. His question had to do with uh, taxes on the wealthiest Americans. He said, my question is what specific tax provisions you will change to ensure the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share in taxes. So Donald Trump's answer is by lowering taxes on the wealthy. I mean, it's, you can't even make this shit up. Like, it makes no sense. He said business, businesses are leaving, so we need to lower the taxes to keep them here. So I guess that's what he's going to do to make sure the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share in taxes. Okay, he he doesn't listen to the questions or something. It's really weird. Clinton, on the other hand, she had a tax plan where she said nobody who makes less than $250,000 a year will get any new taxes, which is something we hear basically every time a president runs. Um, she says she wants to uh, to give a new tax called the Buffett Rule. Uh, it's a new tax for people who make um, over a million dollars a year. And I mean, at least it's a plan. It's not just vague conservative principles 
which is what Donald Trump is spouting at this point. Just more buzzwords, zero, zero meat to anything he's saying. And on the topic of taxes, Anderson Cooper then follows it up with Donald Trump reporting a $916 million loss in order to avoid paying personal federal income taxes in 1995. So Anderson Cooper basically straight out asked him, did you, did you use that million do- millions, almost a billion dollar loss in order to avoid paying your personal federal income taxes? And Donald Trump says, of course I did, but so did everybody else. Everybody else I know, including Hillary Clinton's donors, by the way, everybody used that provision. And so I thought this was actually kind of newsworthy because Donald Trump basically admitted that he avoided paying personal federal income taxes. And it, I'm sure it's something that most people have assumed true, but now they have confirmation from Donald Trump himself that he did not pay his federal income taxes. So Anderson Cooper follows it up with, can you say how many years that you have avoided paying your federal income taxes? And Donald Trump just says no with a pouty face. The next topic I found very interesting personally had to do with Syria and the humanitarian crisis in Aleppo. So basically what they did was they mentioned a Mike Pence quote, and then they asked Donald Trump what he thought about it. So the quote they brought up was Mike Pence stating, provocations by Russia need to be met with American strength, and that if Russia continues to be involved in airstrikes along with the Syrian government forces of Assad, the U.S. should be prepared to use military force against the Assad regime. So they asked Donald Trump, uh, what do you think about this? And then Donald Trump said, okay, uh, I disagree with Mike Pence. And Raddatz said, you disagree with your running mate? Donald Trump says, I disagree. And then Donald Trump went on to say that he and Mike Pence hadn't even discussed this topic. How can you be running for president with somebody and you haven't even discussed the Syrian humanitarian crisis at this point, three weeks before the election? That's just a huge red flag to me. There's, There's something going on between Mike Pence and Donald Trump. There have been rumors going out ever since the video came up that Mike Pence has been very unhappy uh, even rumors that he was thinking about quitting the campaign at this time. He seemed, quote-unquote, beside himself, I read somewhere. And basically, Mike Pence, he tries to be, he's a principled man, he's a religious man. He doesn't like being involved with these kind of scandals. Uh, I think he's a piece of shit, personally, but he doesn't like being involved with these scandals with Donald Trump. And I think that this really put him over the edge. I don't think him and Donald Trump get along at all on the behind closed doors. And I'm actually going to be very interested to see uh, the book that comes out inevitably in, in five or ten years about this election, what their what their relationship was like behind closed doors. I think there's a lot there that we're not hearing about. So going back to the, the topic at hand, the Aleppo-Syrian crisis, Donald Trump seemed to be irritated that we are announcing that we're going to be, when we're going to be attacking somewhere. He, he said, why do they have to say when they're going to be attacking Mosul? within the next four to six weeks. How stupid is our country? And so Raditz answers, you know, there are some reasons that they announce an attack. And Donald Trump says, well, I can't think of any. And she says, it might be to get civilians out, give civilians a chance to escape. And he goes, I can't think of any reasons. Like, <laughs> it, it looked terrible. It just looked like he didn't care about civilians. And just not a good moment for, for Donald Trump once again. So Clinton basically clarifies that her position is that she's not going to be using ground forces in Syria. She's content to, to leave the special forces only. And so the moderator then asked her, 
how how does she what does she differ from Obama in? What is what parts of her plan are different from Obama? Donald Trump interjects everything. Clinton just kind of sits there without saying anything. Uh, you realize that you're running against Obama, so you would want things to be different. I don't know. I think he got a little confused by the question, so he just interjected, didn't know what he was talking about. Seems to happen quite a bit with Donald Trump, though. Just kind of par for the course at this point. The next question was from the the audience again. So the question was, do you believe that you can be devoted to all people in the United States? Kind of a softball question. I don't know. It's cute. What do you expect them to say? No, no, no. Uh, I, I'm not going to be devoted to all people. Only people I care about. Of course, they're going to say they're devoted to all people. Donald Trump, he, he said, absolutely, I'll be devoted. He brought up the basket of deplorables talked about by Hillary Clinton. He's going to try to turn our inner cities around. Uh, make sure to say African Americans a few times in there. Uh, he's going to mention NAFTA, how it was terrible. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, she hasn't done anything for inner cities for 25 years. And here's a quote from, from Donald Trump I thought was kind of funny. He said, She has been talking about the inner cities for 25 years. Nothing is going to ever happen. Let me tell you, if she is president of the United States, nothing's going to happen. It's going to be talk. All her friends, the taxes we are talking about. And I would just get it done by osmosis. Okay, so, I don't know. Osmosis is the diffusion of water through a membrane. So somehow Donald Trump's going to use that process to get things done. After Donald Trump brought up the basket of deplorables, of course, Anderson Cooper needed a follow-up question to Clinton. So Anderson Cooper's question was basically uh, stating that Hillary Clinton called half of Donald Trump supporters deplorables, racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, etc. Uh, she, she later stated that she regretted saying the word half. She never expressed regret for using the word deplorable, though. So she was kind of asking her to clarify what she meant. So Clinton, she, her response was that, well, within hours of saying it, she said she was sorry about the, the way she talked about it. Uh, her argument is not with the supporters. It's more with Donald Trump himself. And, you know, she's just sick of these brutal comments coming from, from Donald Trump. And so that was the way she kind of spun it. I mean, I don't personally disagree with her on her assessment. I think that Donald Trump's getting around 40% of the vote no matter what. No matter what he says, no matter who he offends, 40% of Americans are probably going to vote for him, which, you know, that tends to really speak to what Clinton was talking about. The The next question after the uh, basket of deplorables had to do with Donald Trump and his tweeting habits. So, obviously, Donald Trump, had, two weeks ago, spent, you know, the greater part of his early morning tweeting about a Miss Universe pageant winner who spoke out against him recently. So Donald Trump, in one of his books, wrote that the most important characteristic of a good leader is discipline. And Anderson Cooper cited that and asked if Donald Trump was showing good discipline by telling people to check out a sex tape over Twitter at 3 a.m. So Donald Trump, he, he of course, made the distinction. Oh, no, he didn't, he didn't say check out the sex tape. He was just saying there was a sex tape. She was trying to, you know, simply assassinate her character. Nothing, nothing other than that. Uh, he then goes on just to uh, say Benghazi. He brings up Benghazi. Dead Americans, Benghazi. Uh, no answer at 3 a.m. when they sent they sent requests at 3 a.m. to Hillary Clinton, and they went unnoticed. But if I were president, I guess he's saying if he were president, 
he'd be too busy tweeting about sex tapes and he would actually be able to get the message. I guess that's what he was saying. Oh, oh yeah, and he also brought up, she did send out a tweet at 3 a.m., but but he's not going to mention that, even though he, he just did mention that. Anderson Cooper then asked Secretary Clinton if Mr. Trump has the discipline necessary to be a good leader. A little bit of a softball on his part. I didn't like the question, but Hillary Clinton, of course, responds no. And Donald Trump says, I'm shocked to hear that in a sarcastic kind of way. And Hillary Clinton, I thought, came back with actually a pretty good uh, zinger. She said, well, it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of many others, including Republicans, former Republican members of Congress, national security experts. And, (laughs) you know, it's true. Donald Trump has been free falling since Friday afternoon when that video came out. People have been unendorsing him. Paul Ryan disinvited him from his event. And the governor of Utah has taken away his endorsement. I thought that was a good, that was a very good line from from, uh, Clinton on that. And just really think about how amazing this is. We have never seen a major party presidential candidate be so unendorsed from his own party. This is a huge red flag that I just, I don't think people understand how terrible it would be if Donald Trump was actually elected president. The man doesn't know how to speak properly. Like, he doesn't know how to carry a sentence. Like, that is a huge problem. We cannot elect a man like this. And even his own party is seeing this. <sighs> I don't know. It just, gets, it just gets really irritating thinking about it. Well, the next question, moving on. Next question had to do with the Supreme Court justice. As we know... The Republicans have been blocking the vote for Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court for many months now. Really kind of unprecedented, but not a good look uh, just to be an obstructionist party. They're, of course, using the excuse that we should let the American people decide who gets to nominate the next SCOTUS nominee. But I think really this is could this could actually work against them in the long run because uh President Obama, when he he nominated Merrick Garland, he's not some far left loon. Like this is a man who is center, maybe even a little conservative on quite a few issues. But I feel like the Republicans, by blocking Merrick Garland, really shot themselves in the foot because if Hillary Clinton wins, she may nominate somebody even more far to the left, and they're going to be shit out of luck. Like I think it was a huge risk on their part, especially considering who was running. Even back when Merrick Garland was being nominated, you could see the writing on the wall that the Republican uh, Party was in pretty big trouble come general election time. So anyway, they ask about the Supreme Court. The audience member says, perhaps the most aspect of the election is the Supreme Court justice. What would you prioritize as the most important aspect in selecting a a Supreme Court justice? So Clinton gives kind of her typical liberal like, you know, they want to stick with Roe versus Wade. They want to keep a, mar- a woman's right to choose. They want to keep marriage equality. Uh, one thing I liked was that she talked about reversing Citizens United to get unaccountable dark money out of politics. Uh, I enjoyed hearing that. Trump, on the other hand, I don't know what the hell he was talking about here. He kind of was. He went off the deep end with this question. He he talked about talk. He talked about uh, Justice Scalia being great. He was one of the best. Uh, we need to find another person just like him. And, you know, Donald Trump then talked about how he funds his own campaign and why won't Hillary fund her own campaign? Uh, I don't know what he what he was trying, what point he was trying to make there. It's not really that it's a bad 
topic to bring up. Yes, Donald Trump funded his own campaign. Uh, Hillary Clinton is getting big, big money donors a lot. Donald Trump is killing her in the small money donation. He's getting many more individualized donations from, from citizens. And that's a good talking point to bring up. I'm not saying that he shouldn't bring it up, but I just feel like he needs to work on when to bring things up. He's he's mixing too many issues together in one answer, and I feel like people are just dismissing him as insane because he doesn't know how to, I don't know, frame topics and talk about one thing at one time, and it just gets really hard to, to follow. Okay, so there are two more questions for the debate. The first one had to do with energy policy. So the question was, what steps will your energy policy take to meet our energy needs while at the same time remaining environmentally friendly and minimizing job loss for fossil power plant workers? Okay, so fair question. It's a not a sexy topic by any stretch of the imagination, but it's important to hear. Actually, what's important to hear about is that Trump, he can carry on policy discussions with things that don't have to do with social issues that are currently dominating the news cycle. This isn't something that you talk about every day, but this is something that's still just as important for a president to be able to discuss at the drop of a hat. So Trump's answer to energy policy, he says the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, it's killing companies, it's driving companies out, foreign companies are coming in. Uh, He talked about something called clean coal. Uh, Coal can last a thousand years in this country. Uh, he's going to bring the companies back, and they can compete and pay off our national debt, and there's going to be rainbows everywhere, and people are going to be smiling, and there's no more wars. I don't know. He, Yeah, no shit, the coal is going to last a thousand years. That's not the fucking problem. We want to get away from it because it's destroying our environment, and we want to be able to have a fucking country in a thousand years. It's just... I feel like this is hopefully this is the last election cycle where the Republican nominee is going to be anti climate change because I just feel like it's the tide is changing right now. By the next in four years, it's not even going to be a question. It's just going to be a a debate of how we're going to do something about it. Clinton, on the other hand, talking about energy policy, she talked about using natural gas as a bridge to the future. She did mention climate change, which I'm sure many people enjoyed because that is a topic that has not been brought up enough as of late. She brought up climate change, how we need to do something about it, how she knows it's real. She talked about, okay, so the the big argument against getting away from coal is that there are so many coal families that make their living off of mining for coal, and they've been doing it for generations and generations, and they had family members who died for the for the coal industry, and they're just very... Uh, loyal to the coal industry. So I thought she she made a good effort to try to reach to those people. She's saying we need to create new jobs that are going to to keep the families making money. But at the same time, we need to get rid of these old archaic jobs that are damaging the environment and they're dangerous. People die doing them. We need to get get rid of those old jobs and put them in new jobs. And I actually thought that was a very good answer to that. And it again, it just showed that one candidate is competent to stand as the leader on these issues and the other one is not competent on any anything and finally on the last question the the last question was it was fun i I enjoyed it it was a, a question was regardless of the current rhetoric would either of you name one positive thing that you respect in one another you know it was cute you know we got a a few chuckles uh clinton i thought 
did terrible on the question. I thought Trump actually killed the question and did very good on it. So Clinton, her answer, she she went first. She said, I respect Donald's children, and good children come from good parents. So he's obviously a good parent. I guess that's like what she was trying to say. Uh, sounded like she was just kind of pulling it out of her ass as she was talking. Trump, on the other hand, he went up there and she said, you know, Hillary Clinton, she's a fighter. She doesn't quit. She doesn't give up. And I respect that. We disagree on the topics. Uh, I don't agree with her judgment. But you know what? I think that she is a fighter. And that is a very good trait. You know, he killed that question. He seemed very likable. And he he seemed like he was honest when he said it. Hillary Clinton looked like she was saying it through her answer through gritted teeth. And just like she doesn't respect anything about the man. So I don't know. Trump came off a lot better on that one. Well, so that, that concluded the the debate. Afterwards, this, there was a CNN poll that came out said Clinton won the debate 57 to 34. Um, I agree with that. I think that one candidate, Clinton, showed herself to be a great candidate. She has some skeletons in her closet, and I think that if the Republicans even nominated someone marginally uh, better, that they would have stood a chance in this election. But Donald Trump... He's just impossible to elect, and I hope, I hope, I hope that America comes to its senses and that this new video, along with this debate performance, are going to really wake up America to to the kind of person Donald Trump is. I mean, just look, in 90 minutes, these this is what we heard from Donald Trump. He hasn't paid federal income tax in 18 years. Uh, he's going to personally pick a judge that's going to prosecute Hillary, put her in jail, he called Hillary a rape enabler. Uh, he said he's never done anything like that, like what he said on the tape in real life. So if any of these women actually come out and, and accuse him of doing any of those things, grabbing them, groping them, uh, harassing them, if anybody comes forward and has any proof that they had done that, he's screwed. He just lied on national television. He's going to be caught in that lie. He gets completely lost in his rants. He doesn't know how to finish what he's talking about half the time. It was just, it's a, to take his word, it was a disaster. Uh, he didn't really do much to assure uh, women. Uh, he didn't really do much to assure minorities that they're going to feel welcome in a Trump America. It was a terrible debate. And he did, he did not do well. And, you know, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to focus on the zingers. He had a few zingers, but on, on policy, he had nothing. And I think that that's very telling. And in the end, I really don't know what this election is going to hold. This election has been so unpredictable, and I feel like I've been wrong about almost everything from the beginning. I never thought Donald Trump stood a chance in the primaries, but he somehow won the fucking nomination. So what do you guys think? Am I am I totally missing something? I want to hear from you guys. Reach me reach me on uh, email. Send me an email at thepolitificationpodcast at gmail.com. I'll put the link in the description. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at Politification, uh, at Politification. So I want this to be a discussion. I want to hear from you guys. I don't want it just to be talking at you. Uh, I would rather do this with with more than just myself. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope to hear from you soon, and we'll talk to you next time on The Politification Podcast. Peace out. The Politification Podcast. The Politification Podcast.